Get that water out of the goddamn huddle. I'll tell you when you get a fucking water break. Welcome to the Buccaneers Observer Podcast. This is Ralph Phillips. I'm Molly Bay. Today is November 17th, 2019. We just got finished watching the Saints at the Buccaneers. Ugh. What a crap show. Ugly, ugly, ugly. You know, following this game, I feel the most bad for Winston. Really? I do. Explain yourself. I feel like he was getting murdered, like, the whole game. And the run game was non-existent. It was reminiscent of last season when he's got to throw 51 times. And then he threw four interceptions. The one by Howard, which just, I feel like, has exemplified Howard's whole season this year. He's been a real big disappointment. Oh, yeah. And then there was the Evans, where it looked like he overthrew Evans. But I'm pretty sure we're going to find out from B.A. that Evans ran the wrong route. Evans had a drop. Uh, Jensen had at least two where he snapped the ball before Winston was ready. Yeah, what was that all about? I noticed there was a lot of Saints fans at the game. It sounded really loud from the Bucks side, though. It did. On the broadcast. But you did see a lot of black in the stadium. Although some of the seats are painted black, I noticed. The red, I think. I thought so, but on the broadcast, it looked like a bunch of black seats, so I don't know if the Saints... No, there was a lot of Saints fans there. Yeah. I've never seen any black seats. I'll have to check that out. Maybe I'm crazy. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'll testify that you're crazy, but I don't know in this situation. Well, the season is over. That knocks us out. Oh, wait, I'm not... not Done with the stuff that made me feel bad for Jameis. That hit at the end, he was clearly hurt. Yeah, he got rolled up on his ankle the on that the pick defensive six, end or the play before that pick six. Yes, and again, that's one of those things where I was like, why wouldn't the refs call that? Because he got hit low. I mean, it was, yeah, absolutely. That was that's the whole reason why we don't hit them low, so they don't get their legs messed up. I mean, if you're going to have those rules in the game, you need to you know, be consistent with calling them. I don't know. There was at one point Mike Evans was yelling at Jensen, or he asked Jensen what the F happened. Yeah, that was an interception in the end zone. Jensen snapped the ball early. Winston yeah, that ready was for one it. of the early snaps. Mm-hmm. So I just felt bad for Jameis, just the look on his face towards the end of it. He just looked very dejected. and The whole team did, I thought. it. And it started early. Yes, they came out flat. Well, I thought they had a lot of energy that first Saints drive, and we held them to a field goal. Like, the secondary seemed pretty energetic. And then the Saints drove it down the field, and it was like that just sucked any momentum that we had. Probably after Saints were up by, like, 13, the defense just looked totally empty. Well, everybody's going to be able to blame any position group they want on this one because they all played bad, I think. The only ones you can say might have played decent would be the wide receivers. There were some good runs after the catch. Other than that, nobody played good for the Buccaneers. Uh, Cameron Brayton had a good day. He was our lead receiver with 73 yards, finally. We'll see about the blocking. They were getting a lot of pressure on Winston. Everybody's going to say it's the offensive line. I did see some offensive line breakdowns, but we don't know. You know, those four sacks. Was it four sacks? No, it was actually only two sacks. Oh. But we don't know. That's that, not even that bad. But they were the Saints defenders were up in his face a lot of the game. I felt like it should have been more, just based on how often he was getting pressure. There was one sack that I felt like was definitely his fault. The it was Dodson's guy, and Jameis just walked right into him 
and the dude bear hugged him and sacked him. I don't know how the offensive line played. It seemed like there was a lot of pressure on Winston, but we don't know if that's the the running backs that screwed that up, the tight ends that screwed that up, because they do a lot of blocking in the offensive scheme. Don't know if it was offensive line, but you, you know you could say whoever you don't like, you can point to. If you don't like Winston, you could definitely point to him with the fourth four turnover game. Uh, the running backs, they didn't do nothing. Offensive line, if you don't like them, you could say that. Well, Jensen had two snaps. Yeah, everybody yeah. played poorly. The defensive line played poorly. They, I thought the play calling was lackluster. Everything was just bleh. Like that, we're on the one-yard line. Yeah, God. I mean, six inches from the end zone, do, and you don't call a quarterback sneak there? Do we not know how to quarterback sneak, guys? Because Have this we done happens, it at all? This, this has happened so much. And how about that quarterback sneak that Drew Brees did that the Mike Perry in the booth was like, that wasn't a first down because, I mean, he, he reached the ball over but then brought it back was never touched in that time period. It's not like it was a end zone where you just got to cross the plane. That's not how it works with first down. Yeah, there were some questionable calls by the refs. Yeah. But we can't blame it on the refs because this was just, this was Buccaneers. Yeah, this was an ugly game. Now, you look at the Atlanta Falcons. Atlanta Falcons just destroyed the Panthers. I mean, I was watching the game and they were just beating the living crap out of them. They beat the mess out of the Saints last week had six sacks on Drew Brees. Six. We could only get one with our awesome defensive line? No. Yeah. And their tackling was questionable today. The defensive line, there was one. On the broadcast, you see the runner, I think Kamara, get through JPP. JPP tried at him twice. And then Sue, of course, everyone on Twitter is saying how useless Sue is because of that play. But you see, JPP should have had him behind the line and missed him. So it was just a bad performance by the defensive line, too. We, we saw Vita Vea come through one time, and he had a straight shot on Drew Brees. Me and you both went, oh! We thought for sure Drew Brees was going to get slaughtered, and Vea just missed him. Overshot, Overshot went right him. past him. Just, I get it because he's so tiny. He gets lost <laughs> in there. But. but we should be playing like Atlanta's playing now. And this game was a very – it was the most important game of the season. It was at home. We needed to come out and play like we were on fire, and we didn't. Just flat out simple. The team just played like crap. Didn't have fire. Didn't have energy. Nobody was making big plays. Every time they got the ball, I felt like they could march down the field at will. Yes. Yeah. You know, Kamara was running good. He was catching out of the backfield. Thomas was doing good. Everybody was just doing what they were supposed to do on the Saints. We couldn't stop them. But our season is over. That does it. You know, I'm not sure if we're mathematically eliminated, but we pretty much are. I mean, we probably, probably need several plane crashes to even be close to just, qualifying for playoffs. It's really disappointing. I had so much better expectations for this team this year. I think that is what is so upsetting to me and why we try to remain positive for so long is that we had such high expectations. And feeling like the team is good enough to take you to playoffs or the Super Bowl and then seeing this shit on the field... You know, it's just, it's like, to me, it's knowing your kid is capable of being a valedictorian and going to med school, and then they <laughs> are home. a C-plus student and decide they want to go to art school. Like, it's just, <laughs> you're like, I know you could do art so history. much. Exactly. It's just, just not what we thought we were getting with B.A. Yes, and I'm going to blame B.A. I'm going to blame the coaching staff for this game. They didn't have the guys ready. Uh you know, and I'm a big BA supporter, but you just can't come into a game this important and be that flat. And BA seemed flat too. Yeah. 
it wasn't I I think this was from the top down. It just they didn't look like they wanted it or cared. Sad. I wanna cry. And, and you know, my number one thing is always entertainment. I want I want entertainment value. I sit here for three or four hours, watch the game. I want to be entertained. You know, even if we win and it's a boring game, I'll, I walk away and I go, eh. You know. Kind of last week was that way. But this game was not entertaining at all. From the first drive, it was just like, ugh, what is going on? Yeah. And it was just boring, ugly football. Got to get that entertainment value up. I did like the two runs by Godwin and Evans after the catch. Yeah, we don't see that that often. Especially by Evans. Yeah. I feel like we're missing a lot of stuff. I know. I stopped taking notes in the middle of the game yeah. because I was... You get so despondent, you're just like, ah, I can't do this. Yeah. I wonder about B.A. because at Temple and at the Cardinals, he got so immersed in his job and what he was doing that it took an impact on his health. So at Temple, he was the head coach. He was young still. He started suffering from migraines constantly. And once he quit that job, they went away and he hasn't had one since. And then we know at the Cardinals, he had to leave because of health issues. He's vowed at the Buccaneers to not do that to himself again. He wouldn't let it impact his health. But then you wonder if he just isn't able to put as much into it now. I think that's why he has such a large coaching staff, because he's just delegating everything. Which I get. Yeah, I don't have a problem with I understand with that. it, but you can't delegate, delegate the intangibles that he brings, what he does to a team. And I don't know if he's capable of giving that, you know, to where it's not affecting his health. I don't know. Well, who knows if he'll be here next year. I don't, man, I tell you that, this is, it's a hard case for Jameis, you know. But I don't there. feel like it was... Jameis's fault, this one. Well, again, it goes back to, you know, the team playing with energy. That's part of Jameis Winston's responsibility, too, you know, as a leader. And his statistics this game were not great. He did throw the ball 51 times. He completed 30 of those. He had 313 total yards, two touchdowns, four interceptions. He got sacked twice, and his rating on the game was 57.1. Compare that to Drew Brees, who only threw for 35 times, completed 28 of those, threw for 228 yards and three touchdowns, no sacks, no interceptions, and a rating of 122.4. There's a really stark difference there. I'm not blaming Janus necessarily for that, but... The only sack we got was not on Drew Brees, it was on Taysom Hill. (laughs) I forgot about that. So, Janus also had 23 yards of rushing. Yeah, we only rushed the ball eight times. That's the lowest in team history. Oh, gosh. And only six of those were to the running backs. Four by Ronald Jones, two by Dari. Yeah. So our running game, Jameis Winston had 23 yards. We had a total of 36 yards rushing. So he got 23 of those. Mm-mm-mm-mm. So that's probably a large issue. But when you get down 20 to nothing... You're not going to be running the ball. Although, we had plenty of time on the clock. They put up 20 points in the first half. And Kamara got, I can't remember how many yards in the first quarter, but it was a good portion. Devin White had 11 solo tackles, 13 total tackles. Not too bad. Mike Edwards with the only registered sack for our side. (laughs) Oh, God. I know. What is up with that defensive line? They couldn't stop the run. They couldn't get pressure. Well... Drew Brees does get the ball out quick. Still no excuse. 
Still no excuse. You got. I mean, if Atlanta can get six sacks on them. I and, know. And like you said, with Atlanta, they were really causing a lot of chaos up front, you know, doing a lot of stunts and twists and all that good stuff. We didn't hardly do any of that. No. And our stats were really similar to the Saints. We had 21 first downs. They had 21 first downs. Our third down efficiency, we were 5 for 13. They were 7 for 13. Five of our first downs came on penalties. <laughs> we had 61 total plays. They had 64 total plays. They had 200 or 328 total yards. We had 334. They had nine drives. We had 10. So all around, we were very similar. Although the passing, we had 298 yards to their 219. And they had 109 yards rushing to our 36. The worst disparity was time and possession. They had the ball 37 minutes to our 23. No way you can win given the Saints that yeah. bunch of Yeah, and I can't and time believe it wasn't a bigger disparity. And the turnovers. The turnovers were key. We had four. Yeah, you didn't can't get any. win like that. No, can't do it. Can't do it. So what do we have now to look forward to this, the rest of the season? Nothing, just uh, spoiling other teams hopes to go to the playoffs and maybe see something good from our team, see who we're going to keep next year. That's really – everybody's just going to be playing for their jobs next year. we got so many guys going up on free agency. Well, that's frightening too because if they are playing well, is it because they want to stay with the Bucks or because they want to get a job somewhere else? All right. Do not know. Speaking of jobs, uh, Hargreaves was inactive today with the Texans. Getting rid of him didn't seem to help our secondary out any. I thought it did initially in that first drive. According to Rick Stroud on his podcast, uh, we had talked about JPP yelling at somebody in the shower. That's after the Tennessee game? After the Tennessee game because they were joking around in the shower and he was all mad because we just lost. So he yelled at him. It was caught on audio. You can hear uh, Joe Buck's fan was interviewing Levante David and you can hear JPP in the background just screaming. Hollering at the guys in the shower. Well, uh, Vernon Hargreaves was one of the ones that was in the shower that JPP was yelling at, according to Rick Stroud. So we got that. Well, and Rick Stroud said that Vernon was kind of leading that conversation. So it wasn't like it was just Vernon and some other, I don't know. Right. I know what you're saying. Yeah. But didn't seem to help. And then what happens with guys like JPP who have the drive to win, who have that energy, and people aren't responding to it? Don't you want to just go somewhere else? I don't know. I mean, you would think that, you know, these guys are competitors. They all want to play on winning teams. So, yeah, they probably do want to go to winning teams. But if they feel that this could be a winning team, they'll stay for next year. Yeah. I'll tell you what, it's going to be hard, though, because we got so many guys coming up for free agency. And, you know, we're going to have almost $100 million in cap space. But a lot of these guys are going to want some big money. Barrett, JPP, we're going to re-sign him, I think, aren't we? Yeah. Jameis. I don't know if we're going to keep Jameis. It's hard. It's hard to argue for keeping him, other than you know, hey, look, he's the best quarterback we've ever had. He gives us the best chance of winning from any quarterback I could see in free agency or coming up in the draft. But the argument against him is just really strong. You can't. You can't have a four turnover performance like that in a game like this when you needed to win, and you know everybody is talking about your. Turnovers. I mean, that's what they talk about all the time. That's what the announcers were talking about from the get-go. And you're in a contract year. You just can't have it. But we got it. <laughs> the Bucks. we got it in spades, baby. Okay, we just listened to the press conference, Bruce Arians, after the game. 
he didn't sound too despondent. He gave a lot of good information as he normally does. Not really happy with uh, O.J. Howard dropping that ball, giving the interception. Not happy with the referees, but wouldn't comment on any of it. Yes. <laughs> he said, y'all saw it. <laughs> he said, I've already got the uh, fine letter in the mail or something like that. They've right. already written me up. But, you know, a good point was brought up. They asked about Jameis Winston getting taken out of the game after he hurt his ankle. And Bruce Arians said they had Griffin warmed up, but Jameis didn't want to come out of the game. And they got, I was thinking about this earlier. Now would be the perfect opportunity to pull Jameis for at least a couple weeks. You know, got an ankle injury, let that heal up. And put Ryan Griffin in, just see what you got. Just see what you got. But they, I don't. You can't do that if you think that there's any chance that Jameis is the guy, though. Well, because that immediately start. You already got people who don't like Jameis, who don't think he should be here next year, or that he will be next year, and that's just going to give them fodder. And if BA has any confidence in Jameis whatsoever, you do not make that move because it sing- signals to Jameis that hey, we're looking at our options, we're exploring our options. So hey, well you know here's the way I look at it: if Ryan Griffin comes in and he lays a duck, then that just is positive for Jameis Winston. That's true. But if Ryan Griffin comes in and, you know, starts winning, that's positive for us. So it's, it's a win-win situation as far as I'm concerned. But it's not going to happen because B.A. is not going to take Winston out. I think it was important for Jameis and the team for B.A. to let him go back out there. Because you're, you know, you're with your guys till the end. It doesn't matter that you're hurt. You're still out there playing for them to try to win. So, or you go down with your ship, whichever yeah, go down with the that ship might be more accurate. Much better analogy there. <laughs> uh, well, you know, this ain't going to be the same team next year, no matter how you look at it. Uh, Dotson's probably gone. Uh, some of the tight ends are probably gone. Brate, maybe. I, I of the two would rather keep Brate than Howard. Yeah. Or Jay Howard hasn't done anything. I mean, he's, he's good on paper, but yeah, he hasn't done anything. Uh, it's not one of the things that's bothered me with this coaching staff, and I wouldn't really know who to point the fingers at on this one, is that, you know, we haven't used our tight ends in any uh, any ways that benefits their strengths. We use them a lot in blocking. But they're both pass-catching tight ends. Well, they're, they're better patch-catching tight ends than they're showing because they rarely get, you know, the... The routes aren't designed for them. They're, they're in blocking so much, and they should definitely cut back on the blocking, do more routes aimed for the tight ends. But one of the things that I was excited about after training camp or after preseason was that we had three really good tight ends. Now, Tanner Hudson has not shown up when he's had his opportunity, but his opportunities have been very limited. But I think having those three out on the field at the same time would just wreak havoc for a defense. We never saw it. I agree. Instead of having them matched up against linebackers or cornerbacks who they have a chance to beat size-wise, they're lined up against defensive ends, and that makes no sense. It does seem like it's a case of the coaching staff trying to make players play to their system instead of them designing a system to their players. Yeah, I agree. So there's that. Uh, The press conference will be at the end of the podcast if you want to stay and listen to it. I really expected to see B.A. a little bit more despondent, maybe angry. Who knows, though? You might have been holding it in. It's kind of how I feel, though. I'm not, like, angry at all, really. I'm just kind of like, eh. I just feel very... Underwhelmed? Yes, blah. Boring game. We did not play well. 
We expected better. Hey, you got the score nearly <laughs> right, but you just thought it's the, the Bucks team. would be scoring it. <laughs> was it 34-17? I picked 35-17. Yeah. It should have been the Bucks. Well, we're going to have a new team next year, especially on defense, I would imagine. We'll see a lot of turnover on the defense. Yeah. But that's going to wrap it up for us. Not the outcome we wanted. Season has not gone the way we would have liked. But guess what? We're still Buccaneer fans through thick and thin. That's going to wrap it up for us. Till next time. Go Bucks. Too many mistakes to get to beat a good team. And uh, obviously, you know, when we drop passes and get quarterback gets an interception because we dropped the ball. And then the, the one before the half, were, that was huge because we had a chance for a double score. We come out and scores. And um, big, big, big plays. Um, didn't get off the field defensively. They were 54% on third down, which was huge. They, they, their time of possession, I think they had the ball the whole first quarter. So, But we held them to six points. And then, um, then the interception, um, which wasn't Jameis' fault. So. Other than that, it's very disappointing because we had such a great week of practice. Uh, knew we were ready to play, and it just still isn't quite showing up enough on Sundays against good teams. Bruce, after the, the pick six there at the end, um, James looked like he had a, a tough time getting off the field. Was there thought about maybe not putting him back? Yeah, I, I, we actually had Griff ready, and um, you know he he came over and said, "I can I can defend myself. I'm going back," and uh, and he went back in. Yeah, Coach, can you speak to the? Um the challenge that you had on um, the offense. I had no comments on officiating. They already wrote up the letter for my fine. You guys saw it. Did you write what you saw? I'm not saying anything about the officials. Bruce, defensively, you talked a lot about how, how well Jamel Dean played last week. We didn't see him out there. Yeah, we went with a different nickel package with, uh, with Mike Edwards inside and played a lot more zone. And uh, he was more the, in the man-to-man group. And... Um, yeah, we'll we'll fix that. He needs to be out on the field more. Look like uh, look like Camaro was a little bit more of a factor. Yeah, I mean, you pick your poison with these guys. You know, we we had a lot of coverages. Where we were trying to double thirteen, and then forty one or eighty seven gets involved, and uh, so it's it's a really good offensive football team, and uh, and Camaro is is really tough on a, on a, on a cover for a linebacker. Bruce is the bottom line. If you don't get to Breeze, you're not going to win the game. No doubt. No doubt. We were, we were close some, but not enough. Fair to say that uh, both sides of the trenches, you lost that battle. That was the game. I wouldn't say offensively. Uh, you know, we got out of the running game because of the score, but I think they only had one sack. But um, I, I don't. I didn't think our offensive line played poorly. Um, defensively, yeah, they, you know, we were playing a lot of zone, a lot of two deep zone, and uh, thought we could stop the run. But Kamara's a heck of a back and, and didn't do a, a good enough job. Bruce, early in the game, it looked like you had a fumble recovery along the sidelines, and it was not, you know, it was ruled down uh, that the ball rolled out of bounds. Did you think about challenging that, or was that a challengeable play? It was a challengeable play, but uh, Levante's toe was on the line. The, uh, you know, you, you're, you're obviously held in a couple of field goals there, but then the ball comes off OJ's hands. So he's struggled all year, kind of this. What, what do you see going on there with him and his focus right now? It's, it's hard to say. You know, he's a talented, talented guy, but it's not showing up on Sundays. Bruce, in the first game in New Orleans, they, they held Mike without a catch. First half again, I think he had one target, no catches. How hard is it to, to let them take him away as much as they do? I mean, it's, yeah, it's, it's never one-on-one. He's never one-on-one against these guys. So it's a matter of finding ways to get him balls, um, creating ways to get him balls. And, uh, and we did a better job in the second half. 
Did Evans just get a stinger there at the end? And just got the wing knocked out of him. First, talk about how you you kind of lost your offensive balance with the gate, the way the first half went. Yeah, I mean, we ended up in a situation where we're behind and we're throwing the ball and we're throwing it successfully. So it's like, okay, abort the running game. Um, Dari, I. I I still can't believe that wasn't a touchdown at the end for him. But uh, yeah, so we had our best blitz pickup guy in there. He had a bunch of exotic blitzes, and he does the best job. Bruce, we've talked about a lot of interceptions that have not been Jameis's fault, including OJ's today. However, he has 18. That's the most he's ever had in a season. What can you say about? Yeah, his- I would say he has 10. You know, guys dropping balls and giving them to the other team. How many? Is that, how many have we seen? You know, I don't count those. 10. You know, he got hit low the ankle. The last one flies out of his hand high. He should, probably should have come out of the game. And, uh, but he's, he's probably too tough for his own good there. Are you with the ankle and, and going forward? I, I, I'm, yeah, that, it's a medial. We'll see how bad it is tomorrow, and, uh, and we'll go from there. Coach, sometimes you just got to give credit to the guys on the other side of the ball. That was a pretty good football team today, wasn't it? A very good football team. Well, we knew it coming in that we, we didn't have to play perfect, but we, we couldn't make mistakes like third and 16 and jumping off sides twice. We still held them, but still, those are the kind of mistakes we just got to eliminate, you know. Um, missed tackles. You know, we just not tackle very well uh, today, and, uh, and we've been tackling well. Along those lines, Coach, you guys have had one of the league's best rush defenses all year. Kamara ends up averaging over six yards a carry. Did you see anything differently that you hadn't seen? Yeah, we, we, were, playing, we, were, playing, we were playing a lot of too deep stuff um, to, to try to double their guys and, and see if we could stop the run with that box, six box. First, you talked a lot in the offseason with Jameis about how the key was not falling behind by 20 points and having to throw a ball a lot. Mm-hmm. You're down 20 nothing early in the second quarter. You had 51 throws. How much of this was exactly what you want this team to not do? Yeah, exactly. I mean, we, we, we give two long drives, but we hold them to six. And then, you know, we drop a ball and give it to them. And, and then we're down 13. I thought we stayed within the plan. The touchdown was big. Then... Right before the half, that, that crazy interception that bounces their way, I mean, we got a field goal. So that's a double score. We come out and we get another field goal. Now the game's a whole lot different. You know, that, that, play, that play in the fourth and one to me were the two deciding plays for us. Would you be shocked to see that team playing in uh, Miami in, in February? No, that's a, that's a very well-coached, very talented team if they stay healthy.